On today's episode of Locked On Canucks, the Young Stars Tournament is back in Penticton. The Canucks, once again, go to the free agent market in Sweden. Call me crazy, but are the Canucks Canada's best chance of breaking the 30-year cup drought? And should the Canucks be interested in Evander Kane? It's Locked On Canucks on a Thursday, and it starts now. On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, all. Welcome to Locked On Canucks. I am your host, Justin Puni. I want to thank you for making Locked On Canucks your first listen of the day. We are free and, of course, available wherever you get your podcast services. Of course, you can find me at Twitter underscore process sports. Also, please follow our show Twitter channel at Locked On Canucks. You can also like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. I want to thank you for your support. I know I was busy the last couple of days. I'm actually covering uh, the RBC Canadian Open for another um, position I do have. So that took up my time the last couple of days, but I am back today. Uh, I'm also, hopefully, this is the end of any. Tactical errors. I hopefully I you know retweet my laptop around and hopefully uh, the mic is well working and you guys can hear me fine. I know the audio format was good. Uh, the video format had we had a bit of issues, but hopefully that has been rectified now. So um, that is some housekeeping issues off the top of the show. But as I mentioned in the intro, a pretty interesting show we have today. Canucks announced the Young Stars tournament will be back in Penticton, which I'm extremely excited about. They signed a Swedish forward who could add some depth and could potentially fill a void upcoming for the Vancouver Canucks. Also, the big part of today's episode is, is if you follow me on Instagram, I put out a video explaining who the best teams are well-equipped to end Canada's nearly, no, well, it will be 30 years next year, Stanley Cup drought. And the Canucks, surprise, surprise, might be near the top or at the top of that list. And then, of course, Evander Kane. Uh, we will touch on Evander Kane and if the Canucks should be interested in Evander Kane. So all that and more. But first, I want to start off with the Canucks announcement yesterday where they assigned centerman, Friesian centerman, 22-year-old Niels Aman. The first thing that we've noticed is he's a play center, left shot center, but he also comes at six foot two, 179 pounds. And the scouting reports are he is a very good skater, good on the boards. He's not going to impress you with his offensive skills, but he's a hard worker. He's got speed, and he has potential to play a third-line role. He also can play a wing. Um, so based off everything we're looking at, it's not going to be something that is an immediate impact on the big club. But you know he could play in Abbotsford, and quite frankly, Abbotsford is going to need a lot of help. Right now, the Abbotsford Canucks are potentially could be look very different from this past year. Seven of their eight top scorers from this past year, other than Jack Rathbone, are unrestricted free agents. So not only does Jim Rutherford and Patrick Levine have a lot of work to do with the big club in Vancouver, but they also have to start filling out the roster in Abbotsford and put together a decent minor league team of guys, or whether that's veterans or undrafted young players like Neil Zaman who can come in, Arshdeep Baines, who just left the WHL in scoring, the Surrey native, who will potentially get an opportunity to play in Abbotsford next season. Um, but going back to Amon, um, the biggest thing from his scouting report is he can skate, 
Patrick Levinson, he's a smart player who has a good work ethic, um, and he has the game the Canucks are looking for. He killed a lot of penalties last year in the SHL, um, but he wasn't a mainstay. He wasn't a premier shutdown, but he you know, continued to, killed, continued to kill penalties at a regular rate. Um, he's not going to, like I said, he's not going to blow it offensively. He can get the, put the puck in the back of the net, uh, but it's in tight in those dirty zones, which quite frankly, it's kind of what the Canucks, look, the Canucks center situation could look one of two ways next year. JT Miller comes back, Brock, sorry, Bo Horvat, Elias Pedersen. You have still three strong centers. And of course, you have Yuho Lamigo, who's the fourth-line center. It's just really that third-line center spot you are looking at. But potentially, if they trade JT Miller, and then there's reports out there that Boston might be in on Miller, you know, with the whole David... Boston looks like they're tanking for next year, uh, you know, with all their decor getting surgery. They just fired Bruce Cassidy. Um, so the Bruins could be an interesting rebuild. Um, and I saw this report being put around that could... Trade JT Miller for David Pasternak, where David Pasternak, same situation as JT Miller is going to get a new contract, has one year, and it could be going up. Well, it's obviously going to go in price because David Pasternak, we all know, is an elite, elite player uh, in this league. So, I don't know if that's going to happen because it's going to be very, very much so contingent on JT Miller will resign in Boston. Is, I say, Likely that JT Miller would resign in Boston, and then David Pot resigning in. You ask why? Well, JT Miller um, playing in the states would be better off financially. Um, I don't know about winning wise. Pasternak, um, the Canucks we know best cap strap team. Knock is younger. He's going to want a full eight year deal, and he's going to want a bigger ticket. Than JT Miller, in my personal opinion. So I don't know if the whole that whole situation uh, transpires. I still think that JT Miller will be a Vancouver Canuck uh, come training camp, whether that's with a new deal or they just decide to keep him for a one-year rental and see where things go. Um, it's not like JT Miller is going to sit out. So that's where I stand on that situation. Of course, like I said, going back to Neil Zaman, he can play center, but he's not going to step in and play that third-line center role this year. It's, he's a couple of years from being a couple of years away. You know what I'm saying? So um, we'll see how the game progresses in Abbotsford, but um, definitely a depth signing the Canucks have uh, right now going on in for Abbotsford. And like I said, they need to um, figure out their situation there. Um, some other Canucks news, of course, is that the Young Stars Classic will be back. The Canucks, of course, announced that they will be there. The Oilers, the Flames, and the Jets. So the similar four-team tournament will be taking place in September 14th to 18th at the South Okanagan Event Center in, of course, beautiful Penticton, British Columbia. It's the first time in four years, actually, that this tournament is back. Um, of course, it ran through 2010 to 2018. Um, it was supposed to come back after 2020, but um, it just didn't happen with COVID. But now everything has been kind of back to normal. Um, this tournament is back, which I absolutely love. I think this tournament, um, you know, not only is it great for fans, but it's a great kickoff um, to the season. You know, it's kind of after the summer, 
where you know people are kind of getting revved up back into hockey season it's during train right around training camp time rookie camps and all of that um so i love this idea i love this idea i'm glad it's back it gets us all reacquainted with you know new pro sorry former current prospects the new prospects are becoming into the pipeline from the draft and it also it just builds excitement for the nhl season quite frankly the jets aren't playing haven't played in a while the canucks haven't played in a while the flames have been out for a few weeks and now the Oilers just got knocked out earlier this week so for fans in those western canadian markets um it's going to be big and i'm glad it's back it you know it's such a great tournament um it's such a great staple uh in the western canadian uh, nhl team's hockey calendar um it's great for fans it's a way for fans to see you know young people think about the players who got mcdavid's played in there dry of course you know the canucks prospects so there has been uh, some stars that young stars that have come through that tournament. So definitely, definitely, if you live in the Okanagan, uh, or if you live in BC or Alberta and you can make the drive over, I would definitely recommend it. I've done it once. It was a great time. You will definitely have an enjoyable time at the Young Stars tournament. Um, so our, as for all hockey fans in the Western in Western Canada, we are glad to see that the West Young Stars tournament is back in Penticton. But coming up after the break, and speaking of Canadian NHL teams. I'm going to go through every Canadian team and determine whether they are the most well equipped to break the nearly, or by next year, it will be a 30 year Stanley Cup drought. Guys, it's going to be very interesting, my take. So stick around for that. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Athletic Greens. Of course, you know, summer's here. You want to have energy, be awake. Um, and have just you know feel great because the weather is good now i know in vancouver it's more been like january rather than june the rain and stuff like that but regardless you want to have more and more energy during the summer and you want to just whether the weather's down you still want to feel good the problem with me was in the winter times like i wanted better gut health i wanted more energy i wanted a better immune system um, and I wanted to take a supplement that actually tastes great and wanted to see what the hype was about. So I tried Athletic Greens. I've been on it for a few months now, and I love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It has kind of a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to taking each morning. So what is this stuff? With one scoop of delicious Athletic Greens, you are brewing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. You know with all those big words, it's going to be healthy. To help you start your day off right this is a special blend of ingredients that supports your gut health your nervous system your immune system your energy recovery focus and aging all of these things i take it every morning when i get up it makes my morning much better uh, i feel more energy i have my better digestion and it just it's easy to use um, my family was wondering how i had so much more energy because i was so much more talkative uh so i told them about it and they brought it and they love it um, Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's recommended by professional athletes, trusted by leading health experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. Right now, it's your time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with the convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That is it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your gut health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you one free year supply of immune supporting vitamin d and five free travel packs with your purchase all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash nhl network again that is athleticgreens.com slash nhl network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance 
Okay, everybody, and welcome back to On Canucks. Once again, I'm your host, Justin Pooney. I want to thank you for making Locked On Canucks your first listen of the day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast services. So, like I mentioned before the break, this segment is going to be very interesting because, of course, hockey fans, we all are aware that the NHL, the Stanley Cup is awarded to the NHL champion every year. It has not been since 1993 when the Montreal Canadiens captured their 24th Stanley Cup banner at the fabulous Forum in Montreal. Patrick Waugh was in net. Pavel Bure played on the Vancouver Canucks. Wayne Gretzky was still playing in the NHL. The Winnipeg Jets were the Winnipeg Jets, but then they were actually, right now, the Phoenix Coyotes, if that makes any sense. The Ottawa Senators were a new, fresh expansion franchise. The Toronto Maple Leafs had Doug Gilmore and actually made it to the Western Conference Finals. And the Flames were still the Flames, kind of, sort of. But it is very interesting that no NHL team has won a Stanley Cup in 30 years. Decades prior, there was dynasties running through. You had the 80s with the Oilers, the 70s with the Habs, the 60s with the Leafs and the Habs. You know, you had the Senators. It seemed like every decade from the 50s, the, the beginning of time of the NHL till 1993 that... You know, the Stanley Cup through some point came through Canada or sometimes it resided in Canada for almost a decade. You look at the 80s, the Oilers won five Stanley Cups from 84 to 90. You sprinkle in a Canadian Stanley Cup and you sprinkle in a Flame Stanley Cup. The Cup never left the country for seven years. So now teams did come close. Of course, we had the Canucks in 94. Then you didn't have anybody until 2000 and f- 2004 with the Calgary Flames, if memory does serve me correct. Then we had the Oilers, who lost in seven. Then you had the Oilers, the, the previous, the next season after the lockout, uh, lose to Carolina. Then we had the Senators, the next year, lose to Anaheim. So we had three straight seasons of a team in Canada in the finals, and then nothing. You know, the Canadians came close in the conference finals. Then you had the Canucks in 2011, of course, the heartbreaking game seven. And then we haven't had a team since Montreal. So we've come close, but we haven't got it done yet in Canada. And I know I went on the whole rant, but there's no such thing as Canada's team. But the Stanley Cup is in Canada. It was founded in Canada. It's, it's Canada's trophy, right? Like, come on. Every kid in Canada dreams of winning the Stanley Cup that plays hockey. So I'm going to go through every team right now uh, and tell you whether they deserve their going to win the Stanley Cup for you. There's hope for them at all. So, first of all, let's start from Montreal, where the, the Blue Ball et Rouge are basically going to pick first in the NHL draft upcoming. They will be hosting, but here's the thing. It, they're kind of right now. Look, you know, they have no cap space, but they have two first-round picks, two second-round picks, three third-round picks, three fourth-round picks, and fifth-round picks. So, they have a lot of picks. And that means they're going to rebuild. You know, they have young players like Nick Suzuki um, and stuff like that and Cole Caulfield. Um, you know, their defense is still kind of a work in progress. And, of course, you have Carey Price. Well, Carey Price's time is coming to an end. And what does that mean in Montreal? Whenever you have a franchise-altering great or a great player, generally when they step away, your team takes a step back, whether that's any sport. 
The Lakers with Kobe Bryant in his last couple of years took a step back and when he retired. The Yankees after Derek Jeter, they took a step back. The Canucks, of course, after Henrik Danasin had already taken a step back, but took another step back, right? So when you lose these generational franchise icons that, you know, when they're on your team, you try to do everything you can to put them in a position to win. Once they're gone, you have that kind of sort of ability to retool and rebuild. And I think Martin saying that we can, you know, recognize and work with the young players very well. And I think Montreal now is at a, you know, they just have a new general manager and new coach. They're going to want to, you know, implement their own systems, implement their own people, their own, you know, their own structure. And I believe that with Shane Wright as the number one overall pick, they will just rebuild around him. They are going to, you know, suffer for a few years and rebuild. So the Canadians at this current juncture, I feel, are not. And also the Eastern Conference is very loaded. They are not going to be as cup contender anytime soon. We move to Ottawa, where, you know, they have some nice young pieces, the Senators. You know, I look as a player. You know, I think the Senators are on the right track. They definitely won the Eric Carlson, the Eric Carlson trade. Um, I, I think they are, you know, Tim Stutzla. I like a lot. I think he's got a lot of potential. Josh Norris, Drake Batherson. Um, I have some friends that are sends fans there very high on Drake Batherson. Thomas Shabbat um, is a very they have good young pieces in Ottawa. The problem with Ottawa is they are the Ottawa Senators. They've always been a second-rate franchise in the NHL, my personal opinion. They haven't been held. They're not... You know how every Canadian team has a certain luster around it, that it's a Canadian franchise? You don't get that with the Ottawa Senators. You know, they can never sell out their games. Um, you know, their arena is always a situation. You know, they always have an arena situation because it's not in downtown Ottawa. It's in Canada. It's just a weird dynamic around that franchise. And now, um, the passing of their owner, Eugene Melnick, it kind of puts the franchise status in limbo. Are they going to be sold? Is his estate going to, you know, with, with stand, withhold the services of the club? So it's going to be very interesting how the Senators are going to, you know, proceed forward. If they get a new ownership, they might want to change things up. Um, it's not a free agent destination. Um, I'm not too sure if their uh, general free agents want to stay there. So, um, Ottawa's and again, they're in the midst of a rebuild as well. I don't see them, you know, competing anytime soon. Um, Winnipeg, well, Winnipeg, I think Winnipeg had their opportunities back in like 2018, 2019, 2017. Uh, those teams, you know, when they had a prime buff, you know, they had that deep decor with, you know, Myers, Tyler Myers, Dustin Bufflin, the young Josh Morrissey, um, Jacob Truba, Connor Hellebuck was in his prime, Blake Wheelie, Patrick Laine. Um, that, that Winnipeg Jets right now are good. They need a new coach. Uh, I think if Barry Trotz does come in, they, you know, he could con convince, not convince, convince, you know, some more structure on this team. But look, they have $18 million in cap space, the Jets do right now, but, and they have two first round picks. Thanks to the Andrew Kopp deal. Um, they still have some nice pieces in Wheeler, Connor, Shifley. Um, but I, Pierre Luc Dubois is an RFA and he hasn't really panned out. Um, their decor, I still think, needs a lot of work. You know, other than Josh Morrissey, it needs a lot of work. It's not the best decor. Um, Connor Helbuck, we know, is a, you know, a very you know, former Vezina Trophy winner. He's an outstanding goalie, but he's getting up there in age. He's got a pretty big price ticket. 
there's been was reports that Mark Shifley might want out of Winnipeg. So the Jets are in kind of no man's land, in my personal opinion. They're kind of like the city that they play in. Mediocre. You know, Winnipeg's got some nice things to it. Uh, it's got some bad things to it, but it, it's not it's not a Vancouver, it's not a Toronto, it's not a Montreal. Um, it's kind of stuck in the middle, and that's where the Jets are right now. They're stuck in the middle. They're not horrible enough to be a bottom-feeding team, but they're not great enough to be a contender. Now, they could make some trades. Kevin Sheveldayoff has known to make some big moves, of course, um, but I just don't see this Jets core. They had their chance in 2018, that, that conference final. But I see the Jets moving towards a rebuild now because, you know, their, their guys are getting older now. They might want to move on from them and press forward. As we go to Alberta, the Flames, this was their chance. This year was the Flames' opportunity to win a Stanley Cup and make a run. Johnny Hockey had his best season by far um, this year. You know, career highs and points, um, you know, they – had a great regular season where, you know, division. Uh, but now money's the money's got to come out now, right? And now it, money talks now in Calgary. Look, um, it's going to be an interesting offseason in Calgary because, you know, they're, as I just mentioned, Johnny Hockey is going to need a new deal. He is a unrestricted free agent. And he's going to want a big ticket. And right now, they have twenty projected $26 million in cap space. They don't have a first-round pick. They have no third-round pick or fourth-round They have a second-round pick only in this year's draft. So the prospect pool is looking kind of bare. Look, you got Michael Backlund, who's in his mid-30s. Milan Lucic just have that big, fat deal. You just signed Blake Coleman to a near $5 million deal. Stabilized Lindholm on a you know, a pretty reasonable. T- I like the Lindholm deal. It's on a reasonable ticket for him. But look, the two biggest things are Kachuk and Johnny Hockey. Both these guys you're gonna have to pay over ten million dollars for. That's gonna be the command for both these players right here. Look, Matthew Kachuk is one of the elite two way four, excuse me, power forwards in this league, and he's gonna average you know at least ten million bucks. Um, his qualifying offer, I believe, is $9.5 million, if I memory serves me correct. So you're going to have to offer him. People are upset about Brock Besser's $7.5 million qualifier. Matthew Kachuk's qualifying offer is going to be massive compared to that. And plus Johnny Hockey. Now, if I'm going to, if I'm running the Calgary Flames, i got to make a decision on one of them. Which one am I going to keep? And I think you're going to keep Matthew Kachuk. Um, I don't, I, the Flames are trying to get a new arena. They're 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 not a they're gonna have to have a publicly funded uh, sorry a privately funded arena which is gonna cost money which could force ownership to kind of slash salary so they can afford to keep the team in Calgary. I think this year was their best chance and they blew it. Um, yes, they might be contenders. You still have Jacob Markstrom, Chris Tanev, you know Noah Hannafin. You have some decent pieces. Uh, Erasmus Anderson, you still have your some solid pieces still signed to your squad, um, but they're getting older, injuries, and you're not. And coming off a career year like that for these guys, I don't know. Plus, excuse me, I also forgot Andrew Mangiapane, another big uh, part of their team is an RFA. So you're going to have a lot of free agents to sign. And if you sign both Kachuk and Gudra, that takes up that 26 million. That might eat up pretty much all of it. 
and you're going to be left scraping the bare bones uh, of what's left. So Calgary might have to pick just one of those two players and let the other one walk. Of course, you're probably going to keep Kachuk and let Johnny Hockey walk. I think Goudreau is going to go to Philly or Jersey because he's from that area. I think he goes back out east. Um, So I think this is the end of the Calgary Flames Cup run as we go up north in Alberta to Edmonton. I think, look, Edmonton has... um, Edmonton has the best chance in the immediate term because they have um, the two of the three best players in the league. You just saw Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl put the team on their back during this playoff run. Both had over 30 points in three rounds. So the Oilers are, you know, they have the high-end town, but what are you going to do? Kyler Yamamoto's an RFA. Yes, he Puyarvi's an RFA. You still have that big ticket for Darnell Nurse. And of course, your goaltending situation. Mike Smith and Mike Smith and what's his name? Miko Koskin are not those guys. Right? And the Oilers have limited, limited, limited cap space this year. They're gonna have to have to get very, very um creative with it. Because you got McDavid at 12.5. Dry cell 8.5 is quite frankly probably the biggest steal. In the NHL, in my opinion, Leon Draisaitl is a top three player, and you have him under ten million bucks a year. That is, uh, Peter Trudeau didn't do a lot of good things, but that's one good thing he did. Locked up Leon Draisaitl early, who's still signed for another few years. Um, Zach Hyman, which I was very impressed with, Zach Hyman five point five. Of course, Nuge's new deal kicks in. You got Zach Cassian, then you got that big Darnell Nurse contract nine point two five, which is not looking good. But he did play with a torn hip flexor, which. I do. I think Darnell Nurse is a number one pairing defenseman. I don't know if he's a number one, but he's definitely a number one pairing defenseman. And what are you going to do with in net? Mike Smith might retire, but he's still got uh, one year left on his deal, which could screw up your cap even more. So the Oilers, you know, they're kind of juggling around what to do. Of course, um, they have Duncan Keith on one more deal, um, but Evan Bouchard is on the last year's entry level deal. He's going to need a new contract. I think Evan Bouchard. I really showed this year that he's a very serviceable uh, top four defenseman. Of course, uh, Evander Kane, which I'm going to touch on later, uh, is a free agent. And the decision is, what are you going to do with him? He came out uh, today, basically said thank you to Edmonton. I think I kind of read it as a thanks for this time, Edmonton. Thanks for helping me you know, put up a bunch of goals in the playoffs and boost my price up for uh, free agency, but I'm gone. Now, I could be wrong. He could change his mind and be like, I want to play with McDavid and Dreisaitl, which if I'm Vander Kane, I can stay out of trouble in Edmonton. I can just focus on hockey and play with the two best, two of the best players in the world and rack up goals like no tomorrow and continue to compete for playoffs and a Stanley Cup. But I don't know if the Oilers are there because they don't have the goaltending situation. If they get a goalie, I reserve my right to change this, but I don't think so. My favorite team, the Toronto Maple Leafs, we know what they're going to do. The Maple Leafs are going to run this core back. Keith and the boys, Dubis and the boys, Marner, Matthews, Ryan, Tavares, Nylander. They're all going to come. They're probably going to resign for a, you know, a deal that he probably doesn't deserve because, let's face it, uh, Jack Campbell got a number one goalie. Is illegal. They have $7 million bucks in cap space. I project they're probably going to pay uh, Campbell $5 million. No, everybody's all happy to sign Mark Giordano to a $800,000 deal. Uh, but this is the thing that I want to talk about. 
You know, you have, of course, Matthews at 11.6. Marner is at basically 11. Uh, Tavares is at 11. And then uh, Nylander is at 6.9. And then you have, of course, Riley's new deal that kicks in at 7.5. So that's a lot of dough. Dough load to a few players. And, of course, the Leafs cap structure is so damn top-heavy that it kind of handcuffs them to do anything else. But we know what Dubas is going to do. This is We got respect in the handshake line. You know, you're going to get respect. We got respect. This is a different type of loss. You still lost in the first round. You're going to lose again in the first round next to when you run this back. So, I don't, the, the Leafs, we know what we're going to get out there. We have a great regular season. They're going to bounce in the first round again. We know the same song and dance. Nothing's going to change about that. The Rangers are going to be better. You know, the whole Metro division is going to be, you know, as good as before. Washington's going to be back. Um, Boston might take a step back, but Florida's still there. Tampa sure as hell is still there. Um, and there's always a surprise team or two that's going to be there. So the Leafs, I'm sorry, Leaf fans out there, but you guys got nothing and nothing coming. So that takes me to the final team, our Vancouver Canucks. Now, people don't go crazy saying, what do you mean? The Canucks can't be a cup contender. The Canucks are no cup contender. Well, let me tell you this. I just explained every other team and all the flaws they have. Canadians, rebuild. Senators, rebuild. Jets, mediocre. Flames. A lot of cap issues. I have no arena. I need some money for that. And they, they don't have the money for it. So there's going to be some changes in Calgary. Oilers don't have a goalie, too. And they need some more depth on defense. So that leaves with the Vancouver Canucks. Of course, like I said, we're not, they're not cup contenders. They've struggled at all. But let me tell you this the Canucks have three young stars that could have been the superstars in the next couple of years. Hughes, Elias Patterson, and Thatcher Demko. All young, about to enter their prime. Their captain, Bo Horvath, just came up a 31-goal season. You still have Brock Besser. You have young players like Niels Hoagland or Vasily Podkoles and that look to be on the good trajectory of moving the way up to coming to top six forwards. Yes, the defense needs work. We understand that. But here's the biggest, biggest thing. Competent management. When you look at the Canucks and their history, when they have been great or an elite franchise in the NHL, who was in charge? Smart hockey minds. Pat Quinn in the 90s. Built that team in 94. Smart, brilliant hockey mind. Brian Burke learned under Pat Quinn. Was another smart, brilliant man. Built the Stanley Cup championship in Anaheim. Built that West Coast Express team up. Drafted Henrik and Daniel Sedin. Mike Gillis, a former player agent that was such a progressive thinker that developed the most dominant era of Canucks hockey, surrounded by those Brian Burke picks, but supplemented them with the right core pieces around them to make them a cup contender. Jim Benning was not a... What did they do? They brought in Jim Rutherford, a Stanley Cup... a man with Stanley Cup pedigree in Carolina and Pittsburgh. Knows how to build championship teams. Has showed you that he's willing to change this organization. He wants to build it and have the right structure. That right there means more to me than any player you have. Because why? It shows that you know how to build a team the right way. Ken Holland has not built the team the right way in Edmonton. Kyle Dubas sure as hell not built a team properly in Toronto. They can't get out of the first round and have so much money tapped to how many players. Montreal with Jeff Gordon. Now, I like what Jeff Gordon has because he built that pretty much that Rangers team. Uh, that's in the conference finals right now. 
He built that team pretty much. So I Montreal is a chance. Ottawa, Pierre Dorian's kind of a dud to me. Kevin Chevel Dayoff, he's okay. The Canucks have Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvin, guys with championship pedigree. That right there is solely important. And I trust them that they will build this team. That is why I said last week, when the Canucks in the next five years, sorry, my last episode, excuse me, earlier this week, the Canucks will be a Stanley Cup contender within the next five years. I think they could actually win a Stanley Cup in the next five years because they have three key pieces. Four if you include four if you include Bo Horvat. They have a four piece, four core pieces that are very important that will be in their prime or just entering their prime. I'm not even talking about JT Miller. If you trade JT Miller, you get more assets in, and you still will, could be a, potentially in a better spot. Even if you sign JT Miller, JT Miller, we saw what he can do. He is a great player. Whether he stays or not, the Canucks will be in a good situation. So the Vancouver Canucks are in the best situation to win the Stanley Cup and to end the drought for Canada because they have great young pieces that they can build around. Entering their primes, they have competent management, which is key in any business. They have the right structure. I don't think Bruce Boudreau will be the coach, but I think... As long as Jim Rutherford, Patrick, have been running this shit system type and have it, a team built that they want to build. Hell, Jim Rutherford saying, I love to keep JT Miller, believe a price. He knows how to build a team the right way. And that is why the Vancouver Canucks have the best chance to break the Stanley Cup drought in Canada. That was that. I hope that was very informative. I know it was a long tangent. I went on a long explanation, but I got it out there. Hopefully you guys agree. Hopefully you guys disagree too. I want to see what you guys think about that. Uh, but coming up after this final break, Evander Kane. I touched on him with Edmonton, but I want to dive a little bit deeper because for the longest time, it's always been the interest of should Milan Lucic come to Vancouver? Should Evander Kane come to Vancouver? Well, we're going to dive into that. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Built. Don't you love a chewy chocolate brownie? What about a caramel brownie with caramel swirled on top? Swirled on top. So good. What have I told you? Kind of all that. Chewy chocolate, delicious, plus 17 grams of protein. You're in luck because caramel brownie bars are available at Built.com right now. And you got to act fast because they're a fan favorite. Forget about dessert. These are better than dessert. Plus, the macros are unreal. 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 4 grams of sugar. I would replace a regular brownie with built caramel brownie in a heartbeat. The best part, caramel brownies are covered in 100% real chocolate, built for real with built. You don't have to sacrifice tasty or health. You can have both. And all that built are made with collagen protein, which absorbs your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. There are a million reasons why you should try built bars. But for now, let's just say that the caramel brownie will rock your world. And that's not an understatement. With built's tasty new health, go to built.com to get your box of caramel brownie bars now with a special offer for you go to built.com use promo code lock 15 to use promo code excuse me go to built.com use promo code lock 15 to get 15 percent off your order once again use promo code lock 15 to get 15 percent off at built.com also we have a important favor to ask you we've put together a survey so you can learn more about listeners like you we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite locked on podcast even better this is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about locked on podcast go to lockdownpodcast.com slash survey right now to get started it won't take very long and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win a hundred one 
excuse me, one of 10 $100 ticket master gift cards to take our audience survey. Go to lockedonsports.com slash survey. Thank you for your help. Okay, last part of the show, quickly, Evander Kane. So we know Evander Kane, as I mentioned earlier in the show, kind of penned an Instagram message or a farewell to Edmonton. At least that's how I took it. At least most people on Twitter took it. He could be back. Like I said, if I was him, I would stay in Edmonton. Um, but should the Canucks be interested? Ken Holden did say that he had a big impact on our team that he'd like to bring him back. I know Evander Kane has had um, some issues to be honest with me, a lot of issues on ice, off the ice, in locker rooms, all locker rooms, the COVID protocol that he broke, um, the situation with um, the situations in Winnipeg, the other the other um, situations he's had with the law. Kane has had a lot of issues on and off the ice. I mean, he's gone from Winnipeg to Buffalo to San Jose, and each stop he's gone to has never ended well. I'm not saying Evander Kane is a good person. I'm not saying um, he's a bad person. I'm going to stick to just what's on the ice um, because that's what I know best, what's on the ice. Um, Evander Kane could help any team in the NHL. He has that amount of skill and that amount of scoring prowess. Look, we did in Edmonton. He led leading the NHL and goal scoring in the playoffs, right? Um, do I think the Canucks could take a look? They already took a look at Evander Kane before. Um, you know, reports were when he was swirling around when he was, you know, going through a situation, the Canucks kind of, you know, had a chat um, with Evander Kane. But um, strictly on the ice, I, you know, the player fits what the Canucks need, but I don't know if the person fits what the Canucks need, if you know what I'm saying. Um, I think Evander Kane is a supremely talented two-way forward. Uh, of course, you know, remember him, the Vancouver Giants um, and stuff like that. But I don't know if him playing here in Vancouver and his hometown would be the best situation for him. And quite frankly, I think Evander Kane through these playoffs has priced himself out of the market for Vancouver. He can basically you know, pick where he wants to go. Now, it could be very interesting. Now, we'll see how other teams, you know, go about this. Are they going to be interested in Vander Kane? Are they going to want to, you know, take that risk on term? Because, you know, he just, you know, filed a... He's still in a grievance with the Sharks who tried to term... Who basically terminated his contract. So, it's going to be very interesting how the Vander Kane situation unfolds. I don't see Evander Kane fitting with the Vancouver Canucks. I see if he's going to stay in Edmonton, that would be the best situation for him. But then again, like I said, the Orioles are kind of cap-strapped. And if it, it only takes one GM to offer him a big deal and changes everything. So I don't see Evander Kane being a fit in Vancouver. Now, he definitely could help this team on the ice. I don't know what off the ice, but on the ice, he would definitely help. Um, so that is the situation with Evander Kane. I, if I was a, you know, to make a prediction on where he goes, I think he stays in Edmonton. I think the chance of playing with McDavid and Drysidle um, is a opportunity that only comes around once in a while, and he can really just focus on hockey, and that could potentially, you know, repair his image to whatever extent he could possibly repair it to. I'm not too sure. Um, so that is that. I just don't see the Evander Kane to Vancouver thing working. So that is my point on Evander Kane. Um, but that's all the time we have today. I want to thank you for making Locked on Canucks your first listen of the day. 
For your second listen now, take a listen to Locked on NHL. Locked on NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Here is news and opinions from all local experts Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast services. Guys, take care. Stay safe. We'll talk to you tomorrow.